You're listening to How You Doing Bay County, a mental health matters podcast with a local twist. Hey there, How You Doing Bay County? I'm Kelly Mustaine, the Executive Director of Alignment Bay County, also known as ABC. Before we begin with today's guest, I wanted to share a little bit about our organization and the purpose of this podcast. How You Doing Bay County is an initiative by Alignment Bay County, which is a local nonprofit collective impact organization. We're focused on youth success from cradle to career, and one day way we do that is by supporting families and our community as a whole. It's no secret that things have been difficult and challenging here in Bay County. ABC, along with our partner organizations, noticed that both children and adults in our area were struggling with their mental health and positive well-being. We also noticed folks spoke simply asking each other, how you doing? That question, along with the stress of the last few years, inspired us to create a local mental health resource. First, a website, howyoudoing.org, which has a local behavioral health directory, as well as other resources. And this podcast, How You Doing Bay County. Our goal is to make finding behavioral health resources easier for our community and bring awareness that your mental health matters. On today's episode, we're welcoming Christina Williams from the Life Management Center of Northwest Florida to get to discuss their mental health first aid program. Hey there, Christina. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for being here today. Can you share a little bit about your background and how you started at the Life Management Center? Absolutely. Well, I was born and raised here in Bay County, so um, it's always been very important for me to uh, give back to my community that I love so much. And I've spent most of my career working in nonprofit. Um, I spent about 10 years working at Emerald Coast Hospice, and uh, now I'm, I've been at Life Management Center a little over a year and a half. So um, I, I definitely enjoy uh, getting to help people in my career. So so what, what, what training do you have? Like you said you worked at the hospice. Mm-hmm. Are you? Well, I have a um, bachelor's in marketing and a master's in communication. Oh, awesome. So I uh, do marketing and public relations. Okay. Um, and then what, specifically for mental health, I have been trained by the National Council on Wellbeing to be a certified mental health first aid instructor in both the adult uh, course as well as the youth course. That's great. That's awesome. So we're, that's what we're here to talk about is this yes. mental health first aid. So can you tell us more about what that is? And because a lot of people may not have heard of that. We all know what first aid is, but mental health first aid. Absolutely. Well, and that's a great way to segue into it. Uh, if you've ever taken a regular first aid course, the whole background or the premise is to render aid until emergency uh, responders can get there either to get them to the doctor, get the ambulance there, get them to the hospital, but your initial response is to stop the bleeding and stabilize the person from a physical medical standpoint. Well, it's the same thing for mental health first aid. As a trained mental health first aider, you will have the skills necessary to render aid to someone experiencing a mental health challenge and help get them to the appropriate professionals so that they can seek treatment for their mental health challenge. And then you do a course for both adults and youth. Correct. Um, what would be the differences? How, how, like, you know, if someone's bleeding, you're going to treat it the same way. But so like with mental health, um, how well, do you handle that differently for different age groups? The The curriculum covers the same um, core concepts. Um, but the difference is with the youth program, we spend a little bit more time talking about what's normal adolescent behavior versus what is the sign of a mental health challenge. Um, as well as um, understanding that children experience, children and youth experience mental health challenges differently than an adult does. For example, anxiety. When a person, when an adult experiences anxiety, they're going to have a little bit more of the jitters. They're going to feel and express that, that, that they're feeling anxious. A child or a youth may just consist, consistently have a stomach ache. They may say, my head hurts. 
Um, so there's just a little bit of differences to notice um, when you're talking about adults versus children. That's really interesting. I think about that with my own kids. Like, you know, if they're having a difficult time, it comes up as maybe a tantrum or, mm-hmm. um, you know, a bad attitude or something. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that's one of the things that we talk about in the youth program is what is a normal childhood behavior versus what is something that could be a red flag to potentially signal a mental health challenge. Yeah. Um, so who should get trained in mental health first aid? Honestly, everyone, because you never know who you're going to come in contact with that could be experiencing a mental health challenge. It could be someone in your family. It could be someone at your job. It could be um, someone in your church. It could be your neighbor. So it's really important that we all recognize the signs and symptoms of a mental health challenge and know how to respond appropriately. So that, that's my next question would be, what are some of the signs and symptoms of mental health challenges that we might see? Absolutely. Well, and it's important to, it's important to dis- make the distinction between a sign and a symptom. A sign is something that you can observe. So when you are able to use your noticing skills to see that someone is disheveled, they're losing weight, they're having physical changes um, with their appearance or their behaviors that you can physically see. A symptom they're going to have to express to you because we can't see symptoms. Just like when you go to the doctor and they say, well, tell me what are your symptoms? You, they have to express that to it, to us. And that's their feelings, their thoughts, their emotions. They have to share with you uh, their symptoms. But some of the early signs and symptoms of a mental health challenge, again, that could be changes in behavior. Someone who has always been very involved with their circle of friends who is now not going out as often. They are withdrawn. They're um, not taking care of their personal hygiene or they've let themselves go. Things of that nature are usually some early signs and symptoms um, of a um, potential mental health challenge. But it's, you know, kind of the thing that the curriculum teaches us. A lot of the things that we think of as signs or symptoms are also just signs or symptoms of a bad day Mm -hmm. or you're going through something. And that's why we really spend a lot of time in the curriculum also talking about when does it potentially become a mental health challenge? And we look for three things, the duration, the frequency, and the impact. And so how long is it happening? How often is it happening? Happening, And is it actually creating an impact in their ability to live their life? That's really interesting. And I guess that's as the first aid giver that mm-hmm. you would need to know, like, okay, you know, this person or my family member they're just it's just a rough day or just a rough patch Mm -hmm. and but if it becomes you know systemic and constant and don't see ever see them swing back out of it then that's a good indicator that's that duration and and the impact what type of impact is it having because it's normal for everyone to have a bad day is you know one of the the most common mental health uh, challenges in our country is depression Mm -hmm. and it's normal to get sad it's normal to not be motivated to get out of bed but what's not normal is that when it lasts for outside of the normal expected emotion. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things we talk about in the class. And gosh, around here after the last few years, I think, I don't know if anyone has quite figured out, like has processed what we've been through between hurricane recovery and rolling right into a pandemic. I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's going to be years before people really have an understanding of the impact Absolutely. of those situations. Absolutely. Uh, and we're just starting to see kind of the beginnings of mm-hmm. that in our schools and Absolutely. Um, So I think, too, mental health challenges sometimes go hand in hand with substance abuse. Are there some different signs and symptoms we might see 
in loved ones who are beginning to have issues with substances? They're, they're a lot of the same. Um, one of the things a lot of types substance abuse um, disorders come out of someone having a mental health struggle. They will use substances to self-medicate or to um, make themselves feel better give that euphoric feel so that they don't feel sad anymore. So a lot of times those substance use disorders stem from a uncontrolled mental health struggle. Um, but this, the symptoms are the same. Um, you're noticing the disheveled look, the odd behaviors, the withdrawing from friends. Um, and, and in the course, when we discuss uh, typical disorders or some of the most common disorders, substance use disorders is one because substance use disorders is a mental health challenge. It, it, they, they go hand in hand. So can you tell me a little bit more what the training is like? Absolutely. Well, the, the training is a very hands-on interactive class. We do lots of activities. You, there are videos where you can see the application of the concepts. Um, we do scenarios, um, and the scenarios are very real-world um, situations that any of us could face, whether it's a family member, a coworker, loved one. Um, and it's just a really great opportunity to use the skills that we teach in the course. Um, it's a eight-hour day. It is a full eight-hour training. Um, it's just one day. It's one day, okay. absolutely. And um, at the end of the course, each person who takes it will receive a certificate from the National Council saying that they are now certified in mental health first aid. So it is an accredited course. Um, and then some um, agencies even will give CEU credits for licensed professionals as well. That's awesome. And then how much does it cost? Um, Life Management Center, we charge um, $35 or $45, depending um, if we... We've started providing lunch for the class mm -hmm. because it is a full eight-hour day, and if we break for lunch, that tends to cause us to have to rush through some of the material. So we've recently started providing lunch for um, our participants, and so we're charging $45 to cover the cost of food, and then the $35 is just the cost of the books. Um, the training itself is free. We only charge to recover our costs for the materials because it is so important that we get this information out there and help our community be better um, prepared to handle someone in their family, circle of friends, whatever, who's experiencing a mental health challenge. Uh, how long has this been? Ha like, I have not, had not really heard of mental health first aid until recently. Like, how long has this been around as far as? It has actually been around since 2000. Oh, my goodness. It started in Australia. And um, it made its way to the United States, um, I want to say, in 2012. But it has, is now in 25 countries around oh. the world and is a certified and worldwide recognized uh, first aid program, uh, mental health first aid program. Do you train, like, groups, like local groups, like Absolutely. law um, enforcement? and Yes, we, we train um, the youth curriculum. I have just recently finished uh, teaching, um, training 60 teachers and paraprofessionals at one of our local schools. Oh, nice. I have had um, uh, EMS providers in my class. I've had substance use counselors in my class, um, regular concerned citizens who have family members who have a mental health challenge just to help them be better prepared. So it is for anyone who has an interest in being better equipped to handle a mental health crisis situation. Um, I can come on site if someone has a group 
that would like training, mm-hmm. or we offer them um, about every other month at Life Management Center right. on our campus. And would you sign up online or email somebody or call somebody? Yes, um, we post them all on our Facebook and website, and they can just email me to get registered for the class, and we will um, get everyone um, registered, but we promote it all on our website, lmccares.org, or our um, Life Management Center Facebook page. We have had a few Life Management Center folks in here. Can you remind us what your coverage area is? Um, We cover Bay Gulf, Holmes, Washington, Jackson, and Holmes. That's what I thought. Yes. Pretty much everybody All of Circuit 14. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So, um... I saw on your website you talk about, and I'm not going to say this correctly, mm-hmm. algae? Algae. Algae. Yes. Okay, I had one or two choices, and I picked the wrong yes. one. So algae like the stuff in the water. It is, like. yes. <laughs> algae, you know, in in most industries, but especially in healthcare, we like our acronyms. Yes. And so algae is the core foundation of mental health first aid. And um, our mascot is a little stuffed koala. His name is Algae. Um, because it did start in Australia. But um, algae is that core action plan that we utilize um, in the curriculum. And the A stands for assess and approach. And the assess is really at the core of the class because in every situation you're constantly assessing for changes and, and noticing when the situation could potentially become a crisis. So um, – the assess, and then the other part of the A is approach, because how you approach someone is so very important. You don't want to come across as confrontational. You don't want to come across as accusatory or threatening. So we really spend a lot of time in the class talking about how to approach someone who might be experiencing mental health struggles. Um, the L in algae stands for listening non-judgmentally. And we talk not only about listening skills and the importance of listening, but what listening non-judgmentally looks like and taking into account cultural considerations and all of the things that that can create um, bias or judgment. We spend a lot of time talking about stigma. There still is a stigma around mental health and, and seeking treatment for mental health. And one of the goals of this course is to really break that stigma and make it okay to talk about mental health. And it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to reach out for help. So we really spend a lot of time about listening and, and being non-judgmental in our listening. Um, the G stands for give reassurance and information, and that's just what it says, um, giving that individual the reassurance that everything's going to be okay, that, that this doesn't define them, this doesn't mean that they're going to have these challenges forever, and then providing them information with potential resources uh, and, and opportunities to get treatment. It's a proven fact that the earlier someone receives mental health treatment, the greater the outcome and the greater chance for recovery. So it's just so important that we get someone help sooner than later. And then the two E's are encourage professional help and then encourage appropriate self-care and other support strategies. And that's really working with the individual to find the best the best help for them depending on the situation. And again, depending on if it's a crisis, a non-crisis if it's something that a support group might can help them with, or if it's something where they need to see a psychiatrist or a counselor, and really knowing what resources are available and and encouraging them to seek that appropriate professional help um, to help take care of their mental health. And we have so many great resources here locally, too. We do. Far more than you would think a community of our size would have. Um, I tell people that all the time, like, you wouldn't be able 
believe what we have available here. It's just we have to get the word out, you know. That's Absolutely. one reason why we do this. But And we um, talk about that in the course. And I give everyone a list of resources, um, not only like management center resources, but other resources in the community so that they have options and an understanding of where they can encourage um, the person that they're working with to get the appropriate help. Yeah, you, you don't think of the, as the hurricane as a good thing, but one good thing from that hurricane are the resources and support systems that have been put in place um, locally because it's not just a hurricane. You know, people have all sorts of reasons they're hurting, and Absolutely. Um, to have those sort of things available makes a huge difference. Absolutely. What, from your experience of the algae plan, what what, what is the hardest part of that? Like for someone that is trying to give – mental health first aid is it just figuring out what's I if think, it's an issue or not I, I think so. I actually I don't think that's the hardest part because as we go through the scenarios and we talk about things typically the participants have a good understanding of what they're looking for it's that they don't know what to say and that's why we spend a lot of time on the approach and what you can say and saying um, going over things that you can say that are helpful versus saying things that are non-helpful um, one of the biggest um, topics of conversation is in, in one of our activities, um, it says that the person says, um, I know exactly what you're going through. This happened to me when I was your age. And there was a lot of discussion. Every class, there's a lot of discussion about whether or not that's helpful or not helpful. And it's typical for us as humans, as people, to try to compare our own experiences to what someone else is going through. But when someone is struggling, whether it's a mental health challenge or a physical challenge, you never want to say, I know exactly what you're going through because you don't. You may have a similar ex experience and you can empathize for their situation, but your, the way you handled it and the way you were able to process the situation is going to be completely different than theirs. And so I think the hardest part for, for individuals learning um, the mental health first aid is knowing what to say and how to say it. So we definitely spend a lot of time on the approach and listening and how to respond appropriately um, once someone does share. I think a lot of people, not just even mental health matters, like you always fear, like, I'm going to make it worse. Like, mm -hmm. if I try to help somebody, whether it's somebody on the side of the road, like, I had a car breakdown, it's like, oh, I'm, not, I'm probably not the one that should be doing this. I'm not the one that's qualified to be doing this. I'm just going to make it worse. And Absolutely. getting through that block and being like, no, they need somebody, like somebody to. And we spend a lot of time on that when we get into the crisis situations because, you know, the first half of the class is very um, basic information, early signs and symptoms. But towards the end of the class, we really get into um, a crisis and we talk about suicide and we talk about overdoses and how to handle those types of situations. We talk about what to do if someone is experiencing psychosis and, um, you know, what you just said is so spot on. A lot of people think if you ask about suicide that it's going to plant the seed. It's going to put the thought in their head. And, it, and that's so far from the truth. In fact, asking someone about suicide gives them the opportunity to share and talk. And it makes them think, oh, I can talk to her about that. And so one of the things that we actually do in the course, and it's very awkward, is we um, have each person in the class say, are you thinking about suicide? Have you thought about killing yourself? And we use words suicide and killing because if you say, are you wanting to hurt yourself, that gives them an out to say, oh, no, I don't want to hurt myself. So we really talk about the importance in our language choices um, and, and um, making sure that our participants are not uncomfortable at the end of the class 
having these conversations. Mm -hmm. So again, I really think that approach is the most difficult and knowing what to say. And that's why we spend so much time on it. What are, for people that haven't had a chance to take the class or Mm -hmm. may not have a chance, what are some things that we could say? I mean, I don't want to give you, have you give a mini a mini training right here, but what are some things I know I think is, I think we struggle with that is like you, someone you witness somebody like having a tough time, even if it's not a full mental health, like emergency, mm-hmm. but just people going through rough patches and not knowing what to say. Absolutely. Um, what would be some helpful? I know we on social media and stuff, there's a lot of talk about toxic posi- positivity about being like, oh, just, you know, pull yourself up or, yeah, you know, have we, happy thoughts. And that's not that. helpful. <laughs> no. You know, that's, <laughs> we got to get away from that, right? So what are some things where we can, you know, don't worry about it. Like, the you know. the biggest thing is is having that, you know, hey, I've really noticed that you seem a little down or you're not going to bunko like you used to or you've missed church on Sundays, whatever it is you know, pointing out that you've noticed a change and then saying, is there anything that you want to talk about? Is there something going on? I'm, I'm here for you if you need me. Um, in both the adult and the youth class, we really talk about how when you first approach somebody, you do need to be prepared for them to say no, that everything's fine. That's typical human nature to blow it off and say, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I don't, yeah, I'm just, I've had a bad couple of days or whatever. But when you plant that seed and you let them know, well, okay, well, I'm here for you if you ever need me. I'm just kind of concerned about you, but I'm, you can always talk to me. And leaving that door open when they are ready to talk, the hope is that they're going to come back to you and say, hey, you know what? Kelly noticed, and she said I could always talk to her, so I'm going to go talk to Kelly. And so that's one of the important things that we really discuss in, that, in the course. And, and if you can't take the course, I would say that's one of the biggest takeaways is that if you do notice that someone is struggling and you are concerned for their mental health, let them know that you've noticed that it's okay and that you're there for them um, if they need to talk. I think it's important with our children too that they know that they are we are a safe place for them as parents. We're mm-hmm. safe and we're not going to like freak out or you know like Absolutely. you know be angry mm-hmm. or like 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 to be their fail safe. You know, and I've just had a conversation with one of my kids last night about like if you ever thing I want you to come you know talk no you can talk to me mm-hmm. um I think that's so important to keep those lines of communication open um do you work through a scenario like what happens if you you reach out to somebody and they get angry with you like if they shut down and you can tell that there's an issue but they just we do um we talk about um the importance of safety and that if it ever we talk about how to de-escalate a situation um, and de-escalation strategies, and what to do if um, the person gets um, angry with you. You know, one of the things that we talk about, and, and and it's so true, but the importance of silence, and it's natural for us to try to respond when someone is saying something. We are, okay, what can I say to this? What can I say to this? And I'm really bad about that. I am too. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm a communicator. That's yeah. what I do. I'm, I'm trying to communicate mm-hmm. with you, but we talk about how much power is in silence because not only does it give the person a moment to calm down, it gives them the opportunity to reflect on what they want to say next. And it also shows them that you're comfortable in an uncomfortable situation. So it gives, you know, it's a tense situation. They're angry, they're upset, and you can have that ability to just sit there and let them get their composure. Oftentimes that can de-escalate the situation. So we do spend quite a bit of time talking about um, de-escalation strategies as well. Oh, that's interesting. 
Um, what what have been some? Um, I know you can't get specific mm-hmm. for like, but like, what have been some great like outcomes that you've seen from this program? Well, I mean, even one of we do this internally for our new employees at Life Management Center because not everyone has a background in mental health, mm-hmm. um, especially for our non-clinical positions. Um, this is now counselors can absolutely take this course. However, their training is going to be a little bit more advanced than mm-hmm. what this class is. This class is really for a person not experienced in mental health to give them a toolbox to help them if they're ever in an, a situation with someone experiencing a mental health challenge. But we had one of our, our employees who took the class, and the very next day a um, patient came in having a mental health episode, and she was able to use the de-escalation strategies and the algae process to calm them down, find out what was going on, and we were able to get them the appropriate help that they needed. And she sent me an email, oh, my goodness, I just used algae. And she was so proud because, you know, it. and one of the teachers I just taught at the school a couple weeks ago even came up to me afterwards and said, I feel empowered now to help. Before, I felt like I didn't know what to do. And after this class, I feel like I know what I can do now and what to say. And it's just having that empowerment and that knowledge and that toolbox that, hey, okay, if I'm ever faced with someone who is experiencing a mental health challenge, I know what to do. Or I feel comfortable enough to say, hey, are you okay? And if they say no, I know what to do to help get them to the appropriate person. That's awesome. How important. You know, you never, like, the same thing with, like, medical first aid. Like, Mm -hmm. you never know when someone's going to be choking or having a Mm -hmm. heart attack or something. Like, you never know when that's going to happen. Same thing with mental health. Like, you never know. So it's good to have that toolkit. It is. handy. You know, one of the things I'd I'd say in the class is, at the end of this, you are not going to be a trained counselor. Mm -hmm. You are not going to be a therapist, a psychiatrist. But you are going to have some knowledge that will help you if you're ever faced with the Mm -hmm. situation um, where someone is experiencing a mental health challenge. And it could just be someone is experiencing some depression because they've had the death of a loved one. And, you know, it kind of the, the quantifier for depression is these feelings of sadness that have lasted more than two weeks. Mm-hmm. And so let's say you've got a friend who's, whose um, loved one passed away and you've noticed that it's been about three weeks and they just have not um, dealt with their emotions and what, what you would expect and you have that ability to say, hey, I'm really worried about you. Um, is ha- Have you talked to somebody or do, do you need to talk? And, and having that ability mm-hmm. to feel comfortable with that conversation. Yeah, yeah that's, that's an important thing to feel like you can talk to somebody about mm-hmm. it. Because I think so often, especially in this day and age, we all want to put on our very best, like, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram-worthy faces, and everything is fine, and everything's okay. Again, that toxic positivity. Absolutely. And to, to, to be real and truthful and say, hey, you know what? Things aren't great. I mm-hmm. am struggling. Um, and to know you have somebody that can help you when that mm-hmm. situation is, is going on. Because there's so many things that, like, like, if someone in your family, like, passes away, like, of course you're supposed to feel sad. You know, of mm-hmm. course, like, that's something to, to work through and to talk to somebody about. Like, there's definitely you know, our bodies are not meant to deal with some of that stuff, Absolutely. right? So, And it can be awkward. And, and one of the, my favorite video in the course is the very first video we do, and it's called the awkward conversation. And, you know, it's, it introduces these two people and it's what, um, hey, how are you doing today? And 
what do 99% of people say? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm great. Good. Thanks. Yeah, I'm making it. You know, they kind of hem-haw around it. But in this video, it actually puts strangers in a room, and it says, the one person says, how are you doing? And the individual says, you know what? I'm actually not okay. I've been suffering with depression. And the response from the, the individuals are like, some know what to handle, how to handle it, know what to do. They've obviously had experience with uh, someone who's experienced mental health challenges. But then there's others that it's the complete deer in the headlight. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. What do I do? And it's very awkward for both the person who has said, I'm not okay, and for the person who asked. Because you don't expect someone no. to say, I'm not okay. But, or you think they're joking. Or, right. Yeah. yeah. And and that's one of the things that we're, you know, we're trying to break that stigma. We're trying to break that thought that you have to always put on your best front. And it's okay to not yeah. be okay. And it's brave to ask for help. Um, and, and we spend some time in the class talking about that and, and uh, what to do and how to, to approach someone. You could, I can see, like, just how this would benefit certain groups, like churches mm-hmm. and school groups and even, like, you know, youth clubs and stuff where, like, they could know. Because mm-hmm. I think kids are probably fairly honest with each other sometimes, more honest than they are with the grownups, mm-hmm. and how this could be beneficial. How old do you have to be to take it? There's there's not an age um, requirement. I would I would think um, high school mm-hmm. um, because of the some of the conversations. There is a teen youth mental health first aid that um, teens can get certified to teach other teens. Um, now we don't currently have anyone here that that can do that, but this curriculum is really trying to expand and work with um, teens, adults, first responders. Um, but uh, I, I think that, you know, older teens especially yeah. would benefit from the class as well. Um, but church groups, like you said. Um, youth groups. Youth groups, yeah. youth ministers. Um, anybody who works with kids mm-hmm. and youth would benefit from the youth class. And then absolutely everyone can benefit from the adult class. Yeah. Um, and like I said, so much of the core information is the same. Um, so even if you only take the adult class, but you have children, there are things that you can utilize apply. and apply yeah. in, uh, in your own world. Um, you know, one of the things we joke about is our generation, you know, it was men don't cry mm-hmm. and suck it up buttercup and don't be a cry baby. Don't be a yeah. cry baby. And, and understanding culture and that that's the way men of our generation grew up and trying to break that for our sons that, you know, it's okay for a young man to show some emotion. Yeah. Um, and we, we talk, spend some time talking about that as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. Are there, um, are there any other resources you could recommend? Like maybe the website for the first aid or, and we'll link to all this stuff mm-hmm. on the page. Um, Mental health first aid um, has a website. It's from the council of wellbeing. Um, it's mhfa.org. Um, is a great resource. Um, you know, one of the other things that um, just rolled out is uh, 988, which is the um, suicide hotline. Um, it was the 1877-something-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now, so that it makes it easier to remember, you can just dial 988, and you can get to the network of crisis counselors, um, which Life Management Center is in that network. So a lot of those calls for 
people in Bay County will get routed um, to our facility. Um, we have um, our mobile response team who can come and help. In They've been here. We've talked to them. Yes. So there's just so many resources. Um, and again, if, if someone takes this class, I do give them a resource guide with all kinds of resources and websites and phone numbers to call if they're ever um, in a situation where they need to refer resources. That's great. Yeah, I've had it on here to talk about 988. Oh. <laughs> it just it just went live, what, in mid-July. July so 16th. we're trying to get mm-hmm. the word out that that's a, it's a huge deal. Like, I don't think people understand how big a deal that is that it our is. whole country has this number now. Mm-hmm. So, And it it it's definitely getting utilized more. Um, it did not replace the 1-800 number. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there was some confusion as to what 988 went to, but 988 is going to that National Suicide Prevention hotline number. It's just now instead of dialing the whole 1877, mm-hmm. all you have to do is hit 988 and you're connected. Yeah. Um, because 988 is so much easier to right. remember. You don't have to look it up or like exactly. you can just remember it. Just like yeah. 911. I mean, just that's like what, I remember. I'm old, old enough to remember when we went switch to 911 mm-hmm. when I was a kid and that was a huge deal here. So we're getting there. We are. Slow we're, but surely we're, we're getting slowly there. getting there. And that, <laughs> that again is just showing how far we're coming in normalizing mental health and making sure that people know that there is help available uh, and resources out there because, you know, even five years ago, people didn't talk about mental health. Um, and now you've got uh, entertainers, athletes, mm-hmm. everyone's coming out saying that they have to take care of their mental health because it is so important that we take care of our mental health because with poor men- mental health, we're also going to have poor physical oh, health. Oh, absolutely. So it's all mm-hmm. together. Works all together. together. Well, Christina, thank you so much for being here today and sharing about your important training. We will link to how to take that training on our site and hopefully you'll get a bunch of takers. I think I would think like to take the training as well. Absolutely. Like I said, we offer it about every other month at Life Management Center. And um, if you have a group of at least um, 12 to 15, we can come on site for your organization as well and do it um, at your facility. Okay. And then if you do the adult training, does that include the the youth training? So it's your two two separate, separate, so two separate eight hour days. Yes. Okay. Um, The youth training is about seven hours, but it's still a full day class. Um, They're either eight to four or eight to five. (laughs) Well, we are so thankful for the Life Management Center in our community. We know that you are touching lives every day and making people's lives better and helping them through difficult times. So thank you for being here today and thank Thank you you for for what you all do. Um, For more information about today's episode and for other resources, please visit our website, www.howyoudoing.org, or visit the ABC Facebook page. Thanks for listening today. After everything our community has been through, it's so important for us to check on each other. We encourage you to take the time each day to really ask your friends and neighbors, how you doing? How you doing Bay County is meant for informational purposes only and should not be substituted for mental health care from a licensed professional. And last but not least, this podcast is produced by the talented students in the digital media program at Gulf Coast State College. Go Commodores!